The Dave Berta Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm Dave Cornoyer, and you're listening to the Dave Berta Podcast. We are recording this episode on May 30th, 2021, and uh, we're joined as usual by our producer, Adam Rosenhart. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing doing pretty good, enjoying the uh, the nice sunny weather. It seems like summer. We've turned a corner. Sun, summer is almost here. It will be the best summer Alberta has ever experienced. I'm sure. I, you know what? I, I I hope so. It would be it would be great to have a nice summer. I, I yeah. honestly, at this point, I would just go for like a, an enjoyable summer. It doesn't even have to be the best summer ever. It can just be a very enjoyable, relaxing summer, and I think that would be satisfactory at this point. I mean, I agree. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's going to be a campaign summer. Yes, uh, for a lot of folks, including myself, and I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to scoop your intro of our guest, but I'm going to remain quiet for the rest of the episode because I am highly involved in this guest's campaign, <laughs> and so I'm going to turn it all over to you, Dave. Okay, okay. Um, I am thrilled to be joined today by our special guest, many who many of our listeners will be familiar with. Amarjeet Sohi uh, was first elected to Edmonton City City Council in 2007 and was re-elected twice before jumping into federal politics in 2015. He was the Liberal Member of Parliament for Edmonton Millwoods and, and during his time in Ottawa, he served as Minister of Infrastructure and Communities and Minister of Natural Resources. Uh, he wasn't successful in his bid for re-election in 2019, but now after a short break from politics, he's back in and he's running for Mayor of Edmonton. Amarjeet Sohi, welcome to the Dave Berta podcast. Well, thank you, Dave. And uh, thank you, Adam, for having me on this uh, show. I'm a big fan of uh, the conversations that you have with among yourself as well as with the guests you uh, bring, on, bring on to the show. So I hope that uh, I'll be able to live up to your expectations uh, today. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have, I have no doubt we're going to have a good conversation today. Um, uh, so I, I gave I presented I gave a little intro to you to you. Um, I guess can you can you expand a bit? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, but before I do that, Dave, if you uh, sure. if you uh, allow me for for a minute, I want to start by acknowledging that we are gathered on Treaty Six territory as an immigrant to uh, this city and to this country. Uh, uh, that acknowledgement goes deeper than just ceremonial. And today, when we are reflecting on the uh, the horrible news coming out of Kamloops, and the uh, you know finding the uh, uh, unmarked graves of 215 kids, uh, it is uh, it's heartbreaking and it's very difficult today for a lot of lot of my indigenous uh, friends. Uh, and I reached out to some of them to just uh, be with them and show them my my support and solidarity with them. So I want to start by uh, absolutely. You know, uh, showing my my respect to this this territory and uh, and what is going on and the work we need to do in order mm-hmm. to uh, uh, tackle the issue of racism and discrimination and uh, and the work that we need to continue to uh, do on the reconciliation with indigenous communities. So with that, uh, I came to uh, came to uh, uh, Canada, landed in Edmonton actually on uh, on May on November twenty first, nineteen eighty one. Uh, I remember. Uh, uh, I felt the coldest in my in my life ever <laughs> on that uh, that day, and uh, and settled here since then, and lived here for forty years. Uh, um, I was sponsored by my brother. I came mm-hmm. as as a family class immigrant. Mm-hmm. My brother came um, in 1976. Uh, he uh, he landed in British Columbia, but three, uh, within a year moved to. Uh, to Alberta, as so many other people during that time, to participate in the uh, in the growing uh, opportunities around the oil sands uh, mm-hmm. and oil and gas development. So when he moved here in 1977, uh, we followed when he sponsored us to uh, to Edmonton. So uh, this is my home. Uh, this is a city that I deeply love, and this is a city that has given me so much to be proud of. Wow. Yeah. Um, did you have uh, just? I mean, just a, just a question. Did you have any when you arrived in in 1981 in November? Did you have any winter gear with you, or or? Uh, oh yes, yeah. lucky to lucky to have uh, a brother and a sister in law who were uh, 
there to pick us up from the airport uh, and uh, they prepared us uh, kind of emotionally but yeah. are, i don't think you're ever prepared for uh, <laughs> alberta winters until you really experience them but they did they bring uh, they did bring a heavy uh, heavy jacket for me my mom and my dad right and, uh, and there were three of us who came uh, and yeah absolutely uh, I, you know uh, wasn't i think they 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 tried to prepare us as much as they could possibly do Yeah, oh well, that's wonderful. You you had some someone look someone your your brother had your best interest in mind. It was looking looking out for you then. Absolutely. He always did. Always did. And unfortunately, uh, uh last October, uh he uh, he passed away at the age of 70. Uh yeah. big loss for the family I'm and obviously for me and my wife uh, and our daughter. We were very we look we were very close knit family. Uh yeah. and uh uh we always been there for each other during rough times and obviously good times mm-hmm. um and we have deep roots in this city and those deep roots were planted by by someone that i lost in october so it's it's, uh. it's a big heavy heavy burden on my my mind but uh, he would want me to carry on to uh, yeah. uh help, do my part to make edmonton a better place and yeah. so it's, it's kind of a, uh, his his legacy of the work that he did in community as well Yeah, and family is so important. Um mm-hmm. I know especially during the the past year, past 15 months, I know, you know, as you can't necessarily see as many, you know, as many friends or acquaintances as 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 you used to. Um the uh, I know I know personally in my life the role of family has just been been central even though we can't always uh, you know, we couldn't share holiday meals together or you know, but uh, you know, we can go for walks in the park and uh, and you know, hang out in each other's backyards from time to time when that's allowed. So that's that's really important to uh, to help get help get through this. Yeah, I think uh, I think this pandemic has uh, obviously uh, highlighted a number of inequities and mm-hmm. cracks in uh, in our system and we'll talk about them uh, uh, as we get into our conversations, but I think this pandemic has also revealed the values that why we live the mm-hmm. value of community the value of family the value of friendship and how we miss them when we don't have them right uh, absolutely and, and just just imagine uh, the, the 40 15 months that we have lived by ourselves yes we have families to be surrounded with uh, if you're not uh, living alone but that connection to community that mm-hmm. grand connection to friendships and and uh, and the uh, rest of your family is uh, i think i think it made made us realize how important that is right so yeah mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely family and and neighbors and community and that's a yeah. that's a big part of it and and uh, i mean that's really one thing that uh, i mean obviously it's not not necessarily unique to edmonton but uh, i mean in my my experience edmontonians tend to be uh, to, to be generally quite a friendly bunch so that's uh, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely helped so Speaking of Edmontonians, um, can you? Uh, I guess we'll, we'll just we'll just dive right in. Um, what what you're running for mayor? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> what can you uh, explain to our listeners why you're running for mayor? Why why are you running for mayor? Yeah, so uh, I I lived here for forty years. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a community uh, that, despite all the early challenges that I faced, and I faced significant challenges, uh, I came with nothing. other than the love and support of my family uh, i couldn't speak the language i did not understand the canadian way of life and the culture uh, and i struggled a lot in school i struggled a lot in making friendships uh, and uh, and connections to the community and faced a lot of bullying a lot of racism and discrimination uh, and that left long lasting scars uh, psychological scars uh, that i still think about but also this is a community that has propelled me to uh, to a level that i never imagined in my life so you know as a young young man of 18 years of age coming to this country without any skills and very little knowledge and uh, and, and despite facing those challenges this is a community that gave me the chance to represent them in city council in 2007 and this is the community that gave me the chance to represent them in Ottawa in 2015 and helped me uh, to be part of uh, select 30 Canadians who made decisions on behalf of 37 million Canadians right so it's is a mm-hmm. very very uh, i think i feel it's a it's a story that 
so many Canadians can relate to. So, because we all go through our own struggles, we all go through our own uh, own anxiety and uh, and hardship. But we also look at uh, our journeys and to get to the point where we're able to uh, able to succeed. So that motivation, that opportunities I had here in Edmonton, uh, should be available to mm-hmm. every other Edmontonian. And unfortunately, too many Edmontonians are being left behind. Uh, so that is the motivation for me to uh, to run, uh, mm-hmm. to continue to build a city of opportunities, to continue to build a city where we prosperous, where we prosperous together, not uh, not just uh, you know getting ahead in a in, in a way where you know we see this division or uh, uh, or big gap in outcomes for for different Edmontonians, but move forward together as a community where no, no one is left behind, where everyone is able to participate and undertake and, uh, and uh, have, uh, live, live up to the potential and have the aspirations, uh, uh, aspirations met. So uh, that's kind of vision that I, that's, that's what Edmonton offered me. And uh, that's what I feel that uh, every Edmontonian should have the opportunity to experience. So you, you're, you, I mean, you're, run, you're running for mayor and you decided to jump back into municipal politics, but I, I'm sure there would have been, or there, there probably was, uh, you know, some, some people in Ottawa who would have liked to see you run federally again to, to, uh, to run again. Why, why, did, why did you choose to run municipally instead of federally? Like run, yeah. for run, run again? I, I, I really enjoyed my four years uh, as MP and, uh, and minister and the work we did. Uh, I'm very proud of the uh, significant things that we achieved over over the four years, uh, but things changed in my in my family. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. my brother passed away, and before that, right in the just lead up to the federal election in 2019, my wife Serbjeet, uh, uh, without whom I would not been able to achieve where what I have been able to achieve, she she fell ill, and uh, luckily she's fully recovered now. Uh, keeping our fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, so, uh, so those things uh, uh, were on my mind when I made this decision, and I and we decided that if I were to get back into uh, into public service again, it has to be local, where I can continue to work hard, continue to uh, give my best to the community, but at the end of the day, come home to the family. And mm-hmm. be with them, right? So that was the decision uh, uh, that running local it, it wasn't an option, but running federally was not something that I was looking forward to doing uh, doing again because of those uh, those circumstances. But I loved every 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 minute of the work that I did in Ottawa. But I did not enjoy the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle is hard. Uh, I was traveling back and forth every weekend. I was coming home every weekend from Ottawa and spending weekdays in Ottawa. Uh, and I missed on so much uh, in the community with family activities, missed birthdays, missed celebrations, yeah. uh, uh, you know, missed just being there uh, with, with, with family and the community. So I think this, uh, for me, from a family's point of view, it's a, it's, it's a better life work balance. And also, you know, uh, I will continue to work hard if, uh, if I get elected. But at the end of the day, I, I want to come home uh, mm-hmm. and be with my family. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people don't appreciate the, uh, the amount of travel, um, the amount of time in Ottawa. And, and I mean, if you're a minister, probably time elsewhere in the country that, that you're, you have to spend if you're a member of parliament. And, and the, you know, I mean, the toll that takes on your family and your community being just, just physically not being there, not being present. Yeah. And also, by nature, I am I am not a polarizing figure. I am not a partisan, right? Mm-hmm. I I enjoy, you know, conversations in the community. I really believe that we need to build cohesive communities, where people get along with each other despite their politics. And uh, so, being part of partisan politics for four years actually gave me a better perspective and appreciation. Of uh, of municipalities and the role that they play, and why uh, nonpartisanship is so important to build the kind of cities that we want to live in. 
Mm -hmm. That must have been a big shift from, um, I mean, when, when you were on city council um, for the, the three terms before you, before you were elected to parliament, I mean, you were seen as, and I mean, you're still seen as a, you know, a collaborative, a collaborative figure, someone who can, who, you know, works with, builds consensus and works with, can work with other councillors. And, and I mean, that's, that's really the key for getting anything done on a city council where you have 13 individuals who weren't mm -hmm. elected from under a party banner, who all have, you know, ran on different issues and have different views and represent different parts of the city is and may have different agendas and things that they want to get accomplished. And, yeah. and I expect there's a lot of, I mean, horse trading is such a crude way of putting it, but um, there's a lot of kind of give and take and, and trying to find consensus and to, to move, you know, to help move agendas uh, forward and having to work with, work with the different councillors on different agendas. Yeah. I, I, I always believed that uh, collaboration is the key to good decision-making process. But my time in uh, Ottawa re really reinforced that. Uh, and I say this often, that a prime minister and a premier get to choose who they work with because mm -hmm. they choose their cabinet, right? Mm -hmm. And their members and their MPs and MLA choose the leader. So they get to choose who the premier and the prime minister is going to be. But at local level, mayor has no choice who the councillors are going to be. Mm -hmm. And councillors have no choice who the mayor is going to be, right? So the importance of collaboration uh, is ingrained into, into local decision-making process. If you cannot collaborate with your council and your council colleagues and the community, then you cannot achieve the results that you are elected to do so. Uh, so, uh, and I, I think that spending that time in Ottawa and having that realization more um, kind of drilled into, into my, uh, my leadership style, uh, I think will serve me, serve me better if, uh, if I do get elected in this position and spend time uh, uh, with council members and understanding their aspirations and their dreams and the dreams and aspirations of the constituents that they they would be elected to represent, right? So I think that collaboration has always been uh, key to my work, mm -hmm. uh, but now it is more than, uh, I think it's important than ever now. Mm -hmm. And pro probably important as we have a, I mean, re regardless of what happens in the mayoral race, I mean, Edmonton's, Don Iveson's not running for re-election, so there's going to be a, a new mayor, but there's also a number of city councillors who aren't running again. There are new wards um, the wards have been redrawn. So there are councillors who've been shifted around and open, open wards now. So I think, uh, I mean, there, there could be, I mean, up to half of the city council might be, might be new going into, you know, into the next election, including them, including the mayor's office. And as you said, the mayor, you know, the mayor is the, you know, the chair of city council. There's the mayor has a lot of, a lot more, you know, has responsibilities that are extra to city council, but, but when it comes down to it, the mayor is still one vote out of 13 mm -hmm. at city council. It's not like the mayor can overturn, it can, you know himself or herself um themselves overturn uh uh overturn uh, the you know or impose their will on city council yeah i and I, I i appreciate that i was a new councillor in 2007 when i mm -hmm. got elected first time and i really appreciated the amount of uh, time that at then mayor mayor stephen mandel uh, spent with me uh, understanding uh, my point of view and uh, and why I was passionate about certain issues, and I spent time with him, and he also spent time with uh, with other city councillors and with Don Avison because we got elected at the same time in two thousand and seven. We worked together for uh, uh, before he got elected to uh, uh, to that that mayoral position. So we we had that existing relationship on which we were able to build, uh, continue to work together. So I think that experience I will bring to the table, uh, that lived experience and how collaboration is, uh, is important and how you can actually build it by working together and really understanding uh, and spending the necessary time to uh, listen to your council colleagues and listen to your administration, listen to your community uh, uh, to uh, where they want this city to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you launched your campaign um, a few weeks ago, a month ago, um, it wasn't it wasn't too long. It was a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you launched your campaign. Um, you your campaign were launched launched or uh, included a campaign video that yeah. some people I know described as a love letter to Edmonton. And so I guess I mean this is uh, uh, you know 
you know, I watched that video again today. And I mean, I guess the question, you know, why, why do you love Edmonton? You know, what, you, you say in your video that you love this city. What, can you describe what you love about it? Yeah, and I do. I deeply love our community. As I said, there's something here that allows a, someone like me with very little means to come here, build my life here, raise my family here, uh, go through the struggles that I went through, but still, uh, still give you the opportunities and lift you up, right? I think that spirit of lifting each other up is so prevalent in, uh, in our city. And I experienced that, uh, uh, absolutely experienced that uh, uh, before, but I think the four years that I was away uh, not physically away, but in a responsible, in, like I had a different responsibility mm-hmm. to represent Edmonton at the national level. During that time, I had the chance to visit many other cities in our country and uh, and uh, and around the world, particularly the United States. Uh, uh, there's something unique here. I think our community is very cohesive. Uh, there are no hierarchies in our community. Even when I look at the business community of Edmonton, uh, our business community is so homegrown. I know so many people who started their businesses from scratch and they build them up. And people helping each other, even competitors, even competitors helping each other. I know, like, I, I'll share this with you. Like, I, I have friends and my family members uh, who are in landscaping business. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my other friends wanted to start a landscaping business, right? So who they talked to? The other people who were doing the landscaping business. So you would think that these are competitors that they won't talk to each other, right? Yeah. But they did. And they helped each other out to uh, let them know how to set it up and, uh, and, and make, make those... Uh, those connections, and you see that happening everywhere in uh, in in Edmonton. I think that's something unique, and uh, that's why I love it. That's why I love our city. That it, uh, I don't think I would have had the same kind of opportunities that I have here in our city had I not been living here. If I was living in another city, if I was living. Uh, in uh, in back in in in, Indi- in India where I grew up, uh, uh, I don't think I would have ever imagined that I would be a city councilor, that I would be working with the community organizations to uh, set up local organizations uh, or providing leadership in those areas, or that I will be a member of parliament. That, you know, just can't can ne- never imagine that I will be ever a cabinet minister or a mm-hmm. member of a privy council. Right. So I think. That's, I think that this city's ability to propel people and help them unlock their potential and succeed is something, it's so ingrained in our psyche. And that's why I love it. And, but that doesn't mean I'm, I, I'm not naive to think that every Edmontonian has those opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm stepping up to, uh, to use my experience uh, to make sure that every Edmontonian has those opportunities, uh, but this is a uh, that video is truly, truly a, a love letter. Uh, it is a love letter to which not only I contributed, but it's a love letter to which my family contributed, to which my friends contributed, to which this community contributed. Right, so it's it's, it's kind of a collective collective love letter to uh, to each other and i see so many people seeing their own stories through uh, uh, through that love letter through my story make shift by Alberta innovates your next podcast binge Join us as we take a deep dive with the people that are driving Alberta's 21st century economy. These global movers and shakers are working to solve today's challenges, create new opportunities, and build a healthy, sustainable, and prosperous future for Albertans today and for generations to come. Just when you think you know all about Alberta, 
We're here to shift your perspective. I don't know if I could stress this enough. We have a top three institution in arguably the most important technology in the entire world right now. We will prove a lot of people wrong by coming out of this even stronger. And the way we will do it is by finding ways to help businesses be cash flow positive and by willing to, you know, find the ways that we can help. We're just starting to scratch the surface. And I mean, Calgary just this uh, last month announced the fact that they broke their record again for venture capital investment. And some of this is in fintech, some of this is in a whole bunch of different areas where we originally didn't even you know, have these types of core industries in Alberta. We have diversification in our DNA. We just have forgotten about it. Sincerely, we are blessed in Alberta to have all the infrastructure that we do have. Tune in to Shift by visiting shift.albertainnovates.ca or your favorite podcast app. Hi there, I'm Brendan, a certified home inspector with Rumi. Do you have a problem that needs fixing? Whether it's big or small, inside or outside, let me help you find out what's really going on. You can call me by phone, or we can take a look together over video chat. Visit rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I and go to Ask a Home Inspector to book your appointment with me today. I think it's I think you're definitely right in terms of the the opportunity. I mean for a lot of people here here in Edmonton I've heard people friends of mine who've moved to Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal and in in kind of larger cities that may perhaps are a little more established or a little older it's uh or have a little bit more of a kind of um institutional hierarchy. It's uh you know it, it, a lot of a lot of times they'll comment that it's you know it's it's easier to to do your own thing at Edmonton and you know and succeed than it might be just moving to Vancouver and trying something new yeah. because, because there are these already established hierarchies and it's a little harder to kind of break through. And Edmonton is Edmonton, Alberta is, is such a young province age wise. And, and, and so many, I mean, we have, you know, a population that there are so many people who, you know, very recently have come from elsewhere yes. to take advantage of the economic opportunities when they're there or at our, you know, our, our universities or colleges or technical schools or education system. So it's kind of a, you know, and, and Edmonton, um, Edmonton in particular, I think really, you know, you can, yeah, it really, it really, really has that kind of, it has that kind of feel, it has that kind of environment where you can take advantage of stuff uh, yeah. in, a, in a good way. <laughs> it does, so, it does. So it one, does. One, one, one of the challenges that, uh, that you will face if you're elected mayor or whoever is elected mayor will face is having to deal with, and we've talked a lot about this on this podcast, because we talk a lot about provincial politics on this podcast. Um, we have a provincial government right now that isn't, I mean, I'll say it, they're, they're hostile to municipalities. Um, we had a former minister of municipal affairs, Casey Madu, who is a MLA here in Edmonton. Um, the only UCP MLA here at Edmonton who openly clashed with the Alberta union of, Munici- um, um, of or, or Alberta urban municipalities association. Um, he was shuffled to, to justice. And there, there's, there's a new cabinet minister who's a little more, low key, perhaps a little more congenial, but, um, but overall the tone of the relationship between the provincial government and the municipal government is very cold right now. It's not, it's not a good relationship. I mean, we saw this past week, Mayor Don Iveson um, took the province to task um, for a, a, the, for basically their response or, um, to the opioid crisis, which we've seen many Edmontonians die um, over the past, uh, past number of years. And and more, more recently there was a a, a number of Edmontonians who died in a, in a park um, due to, due to overdoses and the, and Iveson, you know, in a way that he hasn't before, because he's been quite diplomatic, I think, in terms of his relationship with the province, unlike uh, Mayor Nenshi down in Calgary, who's very much a lot, a lot more, you know, styles is a lot more, um, uh, a lot more confrontational with the province, uh, mm. but Iveson kind of broke that mold and and his mold broke out of that that mold and and um, and took on directly challenged the province this week. Yeah, and I guess that my my question for you is how are you going to deal with as mayor? How would you deal with a hostile provincial government? I mean, at least until whatever happens after the twenty twenty three provincial election. Yeah. So when I was infrastructure minister, 
I dealt with a large number of municipalities from small towns to uh, summer villages to uh, big cities like ours and, uh, and, and others. And having that municipal experience before that, I really understand how critical municipalities are for a thriving economy, for opportunities and jobs, and, and how critical role that municipalities play in tackling social issues, issues of climate change and equity. So anyone who does not understand the importance of the cities in, in achieving what we need to achieve uh, is not going to serve their constituents and their voters well, right? I worked very, really, really well with the, a lot of people now don't know this, Dave. I negotiated 21 bilateral agreements with every province and every territory, delivering close to $50 billion in infrastructure funding wow. without, without even once getting into the media. Right, not even once getting into the media, and we worked with municipalities. It was the first time in Canadian history that we brought FCM to the table with every province and territory also being present at the table, talking about our shared priorities. Right, I think that kind of skills that I will bring to the table in building a relationship with the with the provincial government. I understand the uh, that this confrontational has not been helpful at all. And uh, I, uh, uh, I think what we need to do is really drill down in the minds of this provincial government that when Alberta is, when, when Edmonton is hurting, the entire Northern Alberta hurts, right? Because our economy is so integrated. We are the hub, we are the kind of uh, gateway as we are known uh, a gateway to the north. So what goes on in Edmonton impacts northern Alberta. Uh, and I think that kind of realization is very important. I know this, prov this provincial government wants to create jobs. They want to create uh, opportunities. They want to help diversify the economy. But that is not possible if your major cities and your major partners and municipalities are not tapped into if their potential and their expertise is not tapped into uh, opening up those opportunities, then we would not be successful. Um, and and, uh, and I look forward to, uh, uh, if I'm, I'm given the opportunity, uh, I look forward to working with uh, uh, this government. I worked really well in my uh, uh, federal responsibilities with uh, Premier Notley and her ministers, uh, uh, both uh, Sandra Jensen as well as uh, Brian Mason. Uh, we delivered a lot of infrastructure, nine times, by the way, Dave, a lot of people don't know. When I was infrastructure minister, we delivered nine times more infrastructure investments into Alberta over the, the three-year uh, three period than compared to the past 10-year uh, period, right? So th that's how significant uh, those investments uh, were, and they're still creating jobs. Uh, I worked really well with uh, Sonia Savage, the current energy minister, and Prasad Banda, the infrastructure minister, for mm -hmm. that brief period of time mm -hmm. when I was natural resources minister. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it's a stretch to say that if I was not in that in natural resources ministry the Trans Mountain Pipeline Expansion Project would still be stuck in limbo somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't have been uh, where it is today. So I worked closely with the, with the provincial government on that, uh, that file, as well as the orphaned oil wells uh, mm -hmm. file. So I think I have that history of working with uh, people from different political stripes and uh, political uh, uh, affiliations. Uh, but having said that, I would not be afraid to stand up uh, to to the provincial government or to Ottawa if they are not delivering on the expectations uh, of Edmontonians. Uh, we we need a better relationship, absolutely, but we also need a, a better support. A lot of Edmontonians are struggling. It is unacceptable that we have more than four hundred Edmontonians die of overdose. 
mm-hmm. opiate opiate crisis that un, unacceptable and and this provincial government uh, has not been a true partner in that it is unacceptable that uh, despite having housed 12000 uh, edmontonians since 2009 who were living who were homeless now have a roof over their head we still have this crisis of homelessness and poverty and addiction and mental health and we need we need a strong partnership with uh, with provincial government and we need a strong partnership with ottawa and my experience will allow me to uh, you know s- s- extend that partnership to uh, uh, to them and work closely with them but if they are not truly uh, be listening to our our of our, uh, our uh, uh, concerns then how do we build a broader alliance of Edmontonians and uh, and all stakeholders in northern alberta to really convince that when Edmont- when edmonton is being held back alberta's economy hurts particularly northern alberta's economy hurts that's the kind of a strategy that i would like to uh, like to put together if i am given this opportunity Interesting. So, would you work with? Uh, try to would you reach out and try to work with municipalities in northern Alberta then, or? Absolutely, I think our region has worked really well. First of all, I think for us to be successful economically, right, and also tackle our societal social issues successfully, mm-hmm. we need that regional collaboration. And Mayor Iverson has done a phenomenal job of building those alliances with uh, with regional partners, and I want to build on those and expand them and bring in my experience, my federal experience, and how I actually work with regional municipalities. Uh, you know, we worked with the uh, Alberta Industrial Heartland uh, Association and regional municipalities to bring in uh, close to. Uh, uh, no, uh, six billion dollars of petrochemical investment uh, in the two major projects. Uh, uh, we worked uh, with the regional municipalities to invest into more technologies, into uh, testing some geothermal technology uh, technologies in Alberta. So I have that relationship with the municipalities mm-hmm. that I can can tap into, and also have that federal relationship that allows me to uh, 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 tap into the existing relationship. As, and I also served on. Uh, uh, as a vice president of uh, uh, Urban Alberta Municipalities Association, that's right for, yeah. for six years. So, so I have a, I have a lot of relationships with the municipalities that I'll be able to tap into to build that broader alliance uh, to work with the provincial government and and also with federal government. Okay. <clears throat> do you excuse me? Do you do you have any big plans for Edmonton that deviate from the kind of the city's current direction, like the current plans that are underway? I think. I think this COVID situation and the, 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 the things that we have lived through over the last 15 months has revealed some very disturbing inequities and cracks in our system. I think it has really revealed how vulnerable our economy is, how precarious some of those jobs are that we take for granted, particularly the frontline jobs, particularly where... Uh, you know they are they are so much dependent on that human connection and uh, and, and uh, where people need to purchase stuff and people need to be out there and uh, uh, they're they're uh, they're buying power right and when that economy got shut down uh, all those businesses uh, uh, were hurting and they are still still hurting I think along with the the uh, the uh, pandemic revealing deep-rooted issues around poverty and homelessness, mental health and addiction, right? We need to tackle those issues very in, in a serious, serious way. Another issue is the systemic racism. This is an issue that we have tried to sweep, sweep under the carpet for, for, for too, too long. Um, and uh, I, I think there's a realization uh, that we need to tackle that issue, and I'm passionate about that issue. I think there are, we've got to continue to build what is working uh, in our city, but we also need to look at what has not worked and mm-hmm. what what are the new ways of 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 tackling these issues. I think where my strength lies is that uh, I am known to be a collaborator. I'm known to be a bridge builder, someone who can pull people together. And I say this, and I will continue to repeat this during this uh, this election period. 
that the challenges we are facing are not the responsibility of one person and they cannot be tackled by one person. We need to mobilize our communities. We need to mobilize their community wisdom to tackle these issues. And I'm a better position to do that because of my, my experience and of my leadership style, right? So uh, looking at how we do things differently is absolutely something I wanna put forward in front of uh, uh, Edmontonians to, uh, as we get, uh, get into the campaign over the next uh, weeks and months. Mm-hmm. I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because I, I know it's something that's been on. I mean, it received a lot of media attention over the past week, the, the racism experienced by Ethan Bear, yeah. um, Edmonton Oilers player. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it, it seems to be reflective. I mean, we, we talked, about, talked about today, reflective of a bigger problem in our society. Uh, I mean, uh, systemic racism in our city, in our province, in our country. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that that's going to be, that you're going to, you know, that that's going to be a, you know, a key part of, of what you're talking about. Is there anything else you can, can kind of share with us about how you might, you talked about mobilizing communities. Like what does, what does that look like? Yeah. So I spent quite a bit of time talking to a lot of Edmontonians over the last number of months before making this decision. And this decision didn't come easily. Like I, I thought a lot about it to figure out if I'm the right person at this, at this time. Right. Uh, in my conversations, four themes have emerged, right? And we're gonna expand on those as we develop our platform. One theme is obviously the state of the economy, how we recover from this pandemic and what new opportunities we can create. Where's the potential for economic diversification and and growth? That's one pillar, the one theme that has emerged. Other theme is that people want systemic approach to tackling interconnected issues of mental health, addiction, poverty, homelessness, and other social issues. And they are interconnected, right? And because uh, uh, people who are suffering uh, through, uh, uh, who experience homelessness also serve, suffer addiction, issue, addiction. They also suffer mental health. They also live in poverty. So we cannot have kind of a disconnected approach to tackling these issues. We need a, we need a holistic systemic approach. So that's one th- another theme that has emerged. And the third theme is how do we turn the, the environmental climate change crisis into opportunities and jobs for Edmontonians? I think there's a lot of potential. Uh, Ottawa and Canada, cannot achieve its net zero targets by you know, the, the, their, their desire or goal of being net zero by 2050, unless municipalities are partners. So how do we invest into new technologies that create jobs? How we invest into energy retrofits, for example, building retrofits that create jobs, but also reduce emissions uh, in our city? How do we create transportation choices that we continue to build the LRT system, but we also provide other sustainable modes of transportation for Edmontonians where they live a healthy life, but also they help to reduce emissions. And that is known, like a sustainable mode of transportation has known to help businesses and get more people into, uh, uh, in, into shops to, uh, uh, to spend their money. And the fourth pillar, and the fourth theme is the equity theme, where, you know, how do we build a community where everyone is succeeding, where everyone is able to participate? So systemic racism is a big challenge. You know, people uh, are from the LGBTQ communities, the challenges they face, people with disabilities, the challenges they face, and people, you know, indigenous Canadians, uh, ind- ind- indigenous Edmontonians, the challenges they're facing. This economy has not worked for everyone, right? So we need to build an economy that works for everyone. And finally, what I said, all these four themes are also interconnected. You can't really build a thriving economy if your people are hurting. How do you imagine building a thriving downtown without tackling issues of disorder, without tackling issues of homelessness and mental health that impact growth in the downtown? So I think these are interconnected issues, and we will be talking more about that as we roll out our policy. But those are the four broad themes that have emerged in, in my earlier conversations with Edmontonians. 
Okay, that's good to know. We'll uh, we'll keep an we will we'll keep an eye on those points. And thanks for thanks for sharing those with us. We we have a uh, a rapid round of uh, of questions that, uh, oh that I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> kind of throw at you yeah. a, a little lighter uh, uh, topic from kind of the big discussions of the day, uh, big discussions of politics in the campaign. Um, so I'm just gonna ask you a bunch of questions. Or, okay. or, I'm gonna ask you a question, and then I, you can you can answer, and then we'll move on to the next question, and so on. So okay, well, okay I'm glad you, I'm glad you just took a sip let's, of water. Let's give, it a shot. let's give it a shot. We're just gonna dive into it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> let's, see how, let's, oh. let's see how I do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite spot at Edmonton? Well, favorite spot, uh, absolutely River Valley is my favorite spot. Uh, I, uh, when I was city councilor, I used to ride my bike from Millwoods to, uh, uh, to downtown. When you're getting there, when you're just getting to the River Valley, the view is spectacular. It's just so beautiful. Do you have a favorite River Valley park? Uh, Louis McKinney, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, Rundle Park, you know, if you go into uh, into Gold Bar Park, you know, I think the whole whole uh, whole whole River Valley itself, connected with so many parks, is uh, is something that uh, uh, it's undervalued jewel in our city and undermarketed jewel in our city. Do you have a favorite Edmonton festival? Uh, of course, uh, unfortunately, we won't be see- we won't be seeing that uh, Heritage Festival is absolutely my favorite. I hope they will see it. I think there might be a form of it uh, happening in 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 a, in a smaller version this uh, this year. But Folk Fest is another one uh, that I absolutely love. So I'm giving you more than one choice. No, sorry, Dave. You're you're being a politician. Jeez, yeah. you're, you're hedging your bets. You're, uh, no, that's good. That's good. Those are both. I'm just I'm just joking. Those are both good festivals. Uh, they're both great. We have a lot of great festivals in the and city. And West, by the way. Oh, if Kerry- you have if you haven't participated in Kerry West, do it. It's so much fun. Oh, it is so much just, fun. It is a blast. Yeah. It is a blast. Yeah. You know, the first time I saw the Kerry West Festival was I was I was living downtown and it was this yeah. was like the uh, early 2000s. I just moved into Edmonton and my apartment was just off Jasper Avenue and uh, I was I don't know, I was sitting on my balcony or something and on uh, on a hot August, it was an August or September day whenever when it, whenever it was held. Um and uh and I could hear the music and I had no yeah. idea what was going on. And I kind of just wandered over and it was just, it was wild. It was just all of a sudden this empty street became, you know, had been empty a few hours ago. All of a sudden it was just full of people did, and didn't, celebrations. Didn't, didn't make you feel to get out and uh, start dancing with the yeah. yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So just, yeah. Yeah. Um, your favorite local restaurant? My favorite local restaurant is, is a very small cafe here in Millwoods, actually. Uh, it's a family owned uh, coffee cafe. If you haven't visited, please do visit it. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, very few family-owned cafes left in, uh, in in our city, and that's something that uh, we absolutely need to take, take seriously. But go come visit it. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll I'll try to check that out. Um, yeah. your favorite piece of public art? Oh, oh my God! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I I know. I think this is going to be a ongoing question in. Uh, uh, in 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 our city, as we get into uh, into into the campaign mode, right? I think uh, uh, our uh, you know the uh, uh, our uh, art gallery is is absolutely absolutely stunning piece of art. It was controversial. Just remember, this is another yeah. thing. I'm sorry, David. I've got to say this, right? Go we ahead. gotta we gotta build beauty. We have to build beautiful things. I when we were filming that docu- uh, our fil- uh, the the video that you talked about earlier, yeah, on, yeah, we went to River Valley and we were at a at a point where you could actually the you see the Walterdale Bridge in the background, and that brought back memories for me when we were debating building and replacing that bridge. You remember the discussion we were having at that time? What kind of bridge to build? Some yeah. people were saying just. Fi- Build a functional bridge. Don't worry about aesthetics because it was going to cost a few million dollars more, right? But now imagine had we built just a functioning bridge. Yeah. The landscape of that bridge and the way it enhanced the image of our city is phenomenal, right? So, and the art gallery was controversial as well when it was being built and design was controversial. But now you go look at it. People will say, yeah, thank you for building these because they really, really show something about our city, 
right? And uh, so we kind of continue to build beautiful things. Yeah, I, I, um, I, on the Walterdale Bridge, every time I drive across it, I think this this is what a real like a real big city bridge feels like. Like it felt, mm-hmm. it feels like a. I mean, it is a. It is, the the bridge itself is a statement. It's a, yes. you know, it's a real big city bridge, and I mean, yeah. I, Sorry I, I, to digress. No, Sorry. no, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's that's what that's what we're here for. It's a podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I guess it's, I mean, ra- rapid round, but it's a, it's a big question. What, what is the biggest challenge that Edmonton faces as, as a city? I think how do we recover out of this pandemic mm-hmm. and the kind of economy that we create? Economy that looks at the, the, the anxieties and aspiration of all Edmontonians, not just a few Edmontonians, but all Edmontonians. And economy, in my mind, is much, much broader uh, than just, uh, you know, the, it sometimes it's seen in a narrow sense, right? Economy to me is how do we support our local cafes? Economy to me is how do we support our arts and culture uh, and the people who work in that sector? Economy to me, to me means how do we continue to build the infrastructure that is necessary and how we invest in new technology, how we create more investment and create the opportunities for those investments. I think how we emerge from this and what kind of opportunities that we create is something that I have been thinking a lot about. And, and, I, that's, and that's what I heard as well. There's hundreds of conversations that I had with Edmontonians. People are really worried about uh, the future for them, for their kids, because they want their kids to stay here. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to have my daughter continue to stay here. Unfortunately, she's in a very specialized field, right? But uh, a lot of other Edmontonians I talk to, uh, they want their kids to grow up here. They want the kids to uh, live here. They want them to have upper. We have great strength. I think our city is very affordable. Our city offers a very good quality of life, absolutely. And our services, public services, are quality public services, which we need to continue to provide and enhance. But I think economic opportunities and how we support uh, the people who are building that economy from workers to entrepreneurs to innovators and small business and large businesses and everyone. I think we need to have a more of cohesive, cohesive approach to building that inclusive economy that, that works for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a, that's a, uh, a great note to, uh, to end the, uh, end our discussion on. Uh, Amarjeet Sohi, Thank you for joining us today on the Dave Berta podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to chat with us. And I wish you the very best of luck on the campaign trail. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. And good luck to you. And continue to uh, thank you for uh, providing this uh, valuable service that enhances our democracy, that really enhances the kind of dialogue that we need to have on uh, some of the contentious issues and how as a community we need to continue to uh, uh, move forward in a, in a, in, in a way that, uh, that we get along and yeah, that we reduce this polarization that is hurting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you want to find out more about Amarjeet Sohi and his campaign, uh, ahead of the October municipal elections, you can find his campaign, uh, website at Sohi.ca. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened and subscribed to the Day Berta podcast this week. And a huge thanks as always to our producer, the handsome Adam Rosenhart uh, for making the handsome, handsome and talented Adam Rosenhart for making this podcast sound so great. The, thanks, uh, Adam. <laughs> Glad to thanks help, Amarjeet. Thanks for everything. Like <laughs> saying, okay, I won't say much, but thank you for everything. You're welcome. <laughs> the uh, the Dave Berta Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Uh, send us your feedback. Let us know what you think of the show uh, on Twitter and Instagram or on Facebook, or you can email us at, at the old-fashioned podcast at dayberta.ca. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoy the next uh, couple weeks. We'll uh, we'll be back with a new episode in uh, in June. <laughs>